Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Welcome to the On Point Podcast. This is your host, Luke Elshoff, a first year hailing from Region 8 based in NCFCA. This is a weekly podcast where I'll have a guest on the show and cover something in speech or debate. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by Spence Gerber. Now, Spence is a recent alumni of NCFCA, and throughout his time in NCFCA, Spence has attained 18 first place titles and 94 awards in total. Some of his most outstanding achievements include winning duo interpretation at the national championship in 2021, as well as winning digital presentation at nationals in 2023. For Moot Court, he placed second at a national qualifier in 2023 and sixth place at 2021's Moot Court National Championship. And outside of NCFCA, Spence earned the Best Attorney Award in 2022 for Florida High School Mock Trial, as well as Best Attorney at the Providence Cup. In the National Association of Moot Court, he placed second at Duke University. I'm so glad you could be here today, Spence. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, you do have a very well resume here. You did Moot Court and you won a lot of NCFCA awards. So at regionals, I remember that you won about all of your speeches. You got either first or Almost second. All. Almost all. And <laughs> um, I don't think you got anything other than first or second, right? That's correct. I did place top two in everything I competed in. Yeah. I remember um, as you came back with the plaques, uh, plaques, you kept trying to fit them in the backpack. And I was thinking that maybe if one didn't fit, I could take one home with me. <laughs> <laughs> so after NCFCA, what are you planning about doing? What's your ambitions for life? What are you going to go into? All right, sure. So uh, the plan my entire life has always been to go into veterinary medicine. So I'm going to start at the University of South Florida. I'm going to major in biology. And then from there, the plan is to go to the University of Florida to uh, get uh, my career in veterinary medicine. Um, and I am not planning on doing too much uh, like speech and debate or anything in college. I will do uh, moot court this upcoming semester at uh, AMCA, but that's probably it. I'm going to stop there. Okay. So what made you want to be a veterinarian? Because I know with the resume that you have, you would definitely be a really good candidate for a lawyer. So what kind of inspired <laughs> you to go into veterinarian school? Yeah. So honestly, like my entire life, like as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a vet. I've just, I've always loved animals. I've always had an interest in animals and wanting to heal animals specifically. And so just when I was younger, I just when I was younger, I wanted to be like large animal vet because I just loved like zoo animals, like tigers and stuff like that. But then as I've gotten older, I just I definitely want to focus on like uh, just being a regular small animal veterinarian. Um, I just always had an interest in wanting to help animals. And that's awesome, um, especially like most people who are in NCFCA. I'm sure that a large majority go into law, but it's always cool when you see someone who, especially with someone who. Uh, is so good at certain things that could qualify someone to be a lawyer decides to go into something that they're more passionate about instead of going to yeah. like the mainstream traditional pathway. So 
throughout your career in NCFCA, what would you say has been like your favorite speech event? Favorite speech event? Uh, that's a tough question. Okay, probably, honestly, biblical or duo. I will say duo stresses me out the most just because working with a partner is very nerve-wracking because someone else is depending on you. And if you fail, you have to feel bad for them, not just yourself. Um, but biblical or an option. <laughs> never an option. <laughs> also, the rounds are too long. Uh, that's going to cause some controversy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, biblical is, I don't know. I've, I've always done biblical. I did biblical when I was in juniors even. So I've just, I've always loved biblical. I loved working with a cloth. Um, I hated when they took away the cloth and they had it as thematic with just the book, but then they brought the back. So that was good. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. Biblical and duo kind of your favorite speech. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed doing open. This is, uh, I've only done open the past two years. I really enjoyed it. So that too as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, one of the most pressing questions that I have that I need to get out of you is um, surrounding your voice. So would you say that your voice influences your placing? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a huge part of your speeches. Yeah, I, I think the voice, not not just like how you sound, but also, you know, how you speak, just articulating words is definitely like one of the most important things because you can have like a 10 out of 10 perfectly written speech, but if you're not able to properly articulate or get like the, the cadence right in your speech, then you're not going to do it as well as you could. Yeah. So do you think that's one of the reasons why as people get older into high school years, their junior and senior years specifically, they start to perform better because their voice matures. Definitely, especially just with experience over time of just repeatedly doing speeches, you just get more used to how you should talk. And that, that definitely aids in uh, better placing. Great. Well, today we're going to be talking about digitals and you actually won digital in this just recent national championship. So tell me a little bit about your digital and your process behind making it. Yeah, all right. So digital, first of all, I have done digital three times. Um, the first time I ever did digital was in 2020. I think that was when they first added the category. Um, and I had a digital on advertisements. I did fairly well. I consistently got the finals, but then it got canceled uh, the year because of COVID-19. But um, then following that, I did digital on ghost towns. I got a little more experience with it. Um, and that did well as well as well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it didn't make it to nationals or anything. And then uh, I skipped 2022, didn't do a digital. And then this year, 2023, I finally decided to go back to it. And honestly, I was just like, if you've, if you watch the showcase or if you've like, if you were there or if you've seen it online, you know that like the intro was just how I researched it and that I thought it was very timely and relevant and it's true it is. And so at the time I was just honestly like interested in AI just because it is an interesting topic. It's very relevant right now. Everyone's talking about it, um, especially in the past few months. Um, and so I was just on YouTube and came across, like I got, I got clickbaited into the video that literally just said like, I forgot the title, but it was just something around like, is AI becoming conscious? And I was like, that's interesting. I should check that out. So I clicked on it and I watched it and it was a very, very interesting video. So that was like, that video alone was like my main inspiration of like, I should definitely do a speech on this, especially after watching the visuals in the video, I realized it would be a really good digital, not just like an informative or persuasive. Um, so I decided to go with AI 
And I think it was a topic that was definitely challenging because one of the biggest challenges I encountered with it was um, just how much it changed over time, how quickly it changed because it was so relevant. Every day on the news, there was something ChatGBT got made and there's just like continuous, like, you know, different things that were happening. And so I had to constantly keep up and revise the speech to make sure that it wasn't getting outdated in just a few months of what a season is. Yeah. So what was the time frame of this? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to write a digital on AI? Okay, okay let's see. Uh, decision was probably made, I don't know, in the fall sometime. I can't remember the exact month, uh, but sometime like early mid fall of 2022, I decided that I wanted to do it. Uh, probably procrastinated on writing it for a little bit, but eventually got around to it late December, early January. Um, and yeah, as far as like the process for making it, it's just honestly similar to like any platform speech. It's not as different. It's just more, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily harder. It just takes a lot more time. Um, I can get into detail if you want about the process of it. Yeah, we can get to that a little bit later. But um, so you kind of like started working on a speech like right around like ChatGPT got released and all that. Yeah. Well, once that became like a, a big thing, that's when I really took an interest in it. Right. So a little bit more about like the process behind, you know, how you started working on your digital. Uh, would you first write out like the actual speech and then you would make slides according to the content that you had written out or vice versa? How did you go about it? All right, so it's not as like black and white as just writing the speech and then slides or slides and then speech. It's more of like start out similar to just a platform, just like choose a thesis, you know, what you want to talk about and then decide what points you want to do. I obviously wanted to do consciousness and I was like, oh, there's also risks. So I should talk about that. Um, but really what it is, is you'll just start writing and constantly you'll be thinking about you know, visuals, what slides should I be adding right now? So, and then once you think of that, then you'll go online, you'll find a slide or you'll make a slide yourself. Um, so you just constantly write, which it just naturally happens with your imagination is just images pop in your head about what you're writing about. And then constantly write with the context of like knowing that you should be referencing a slide or knowing what should be up on the screen at a time. Cause sometimes you'll write something and you'll have the slide in mind. And then once you, when you actually go to perform it, it'll be like the slides up there for like two minutes and you're like, okay, well that's kind of a little too long. Um, so yeah, it, it's sort of like hand in hand. They, they go together. You just kind of do them like simultaneously and just kind of swap back and forth while writing it. Yeah. How often should you have like a slide per what you say? Should it be like every paragraph or every three sentences? When, how often should you change slides? I mean, honestly, that, that really is just the, like, depending on what you think. What I did is every few sentences, um, even sometimes like two in a sentence, but, um, Every few sentences, you could have a slide. I had around 50 slides, if I remember correctly. Um, so you don't need to like be worried about like, oh, okay, you make the slide and it's only up there for like like two seconds. But like, you know, if it's worth it, then put it up. Like you don't need to worry about a slide even if it's fast. You should definitely still roll with it because it's better to have more slides than just to have like a few because it'll just be more memorable of like different slides as long as they are memorable. <laughs> you have to obviously make sure they're interesting to view. Right. So the equivalent to... You, you said like writing and then as you're writing, you think about what the slide would look like. So the equivalent to that, of like platform speeches, is like as you write, you uh, think about like in what tone you say it and what, how you uh, act it out or 
just in general how you portray or how you perform what you're actually writing down. That's like the equivalent to a digital. Right. Correct. Right. So with digitals, um, would you say that there's like any real difference in digital presentations and just a normal PowerPoint presentation? Yes, definitely. I would say the two main things are creativity and uniqueness. Those are just like the big differences. Obviously, you can have a creative and unique PowerPoint, of course. But PowerPoint presentations are usually, I don't know, slightly on the boring side of things um, and generally just like straight to the point. You know, I always be like, oh, we're talking about this today. Let's talk about that. Okay, we talked about it. <laughs> That's generally what it is. So uh, digitals are different because you want to make sure you're adding something that's unique and more importantly, like interactive to keep the viewer's attention or the judge's attention. Um, it, interactive could either be you interacting with the speech and interacting with the slides or something that the judges without obviously having to like talk or anything like in their minds can interact with what they're viewing. So it, definitely something that like constantly grabs their attention and keeps them focused on your slides as well as you. You don't want to get distracting. You don't want your slides to distract from what you're saying. But um, definitely something that's interesting is important and a, a clear distinction between just a regular PowerPoint versus a digital presentation. Yeah, for sure. So with digital presentations, a huge emphasis is placed on the visuals, as you talked about. But how much of an emphasis do you think should be placed on the visuals as compared to making an actual solid speech? So... I, I think you can have like okay slides and do great as long as you have a well-written speech and you have like clear articulate speaking. So I I don't know if it's so much like if you if you create slides, you create your speech and then you're kind of looking at your slides like they're a little boring. As long as like the speech itself is not boring and it's interesting, you could definitely like save your slides and, and save the speech as a whole and still do well with it. So it's not so much where people sometimes get consumed in how good their slides have to be. I'm guilty of this as well. You can assume like how good the slides have to be. Sometimes it's okay to let go and be like, all right, this is kind of like a like mediocre slide, whatever. I'm going to roll with it because as long as what you're saying at that time is interesting, you'll still be able to do well. Um, but definitely keep them unique and interesting. At least strive for that. Yeah. And if you flipped it the other way around, it would I would say it wouldn't be such a good speech if you had really good slides. It could at least keep your attention, but after a while it gets boring because what you're learning about is just not appealing to you at all. I agree. Yeah. So with slides, there's a certain level of difference in the topic selection because something that you're displaying has to be much more visual than, say, like a platform. So if you're showing how to uh, actually perform an action then in a platform speech, it would be much more difficult to do so because you can't really display how you would actually do the action. Whereas in a digital, you can actually show it with the slides. So right. how would being able to see something influence the topics that you select? Um, it, it definitely has a strong influence on it. I think a lot of times what it is, is any speech can like be... A digital but wait let me rephrase any speech can be an informative but a lot of speeches would only like reach their full potential if they were if they were created as a digital so a lot of times when people do i've seen this happen a lot 
is they'll create an informative and they'll compete with it. And then after like one tournament, they're like, this should be a digital <laughs> because it's it's easy to have an idea and then write a speech about it and then realize that visuals are so important in actually like driving home an example or really showing your impact of what you want to talk about. Um, so I, I think digitals definitely have like an influence regarding the topic itself. Yeah. And especially like if you have like a really good topic with your informative, sometimes it can be hard to stand out, even if you do have a good topic, because it deals with like the judge's attention. And when you're talking about something and it's also paired with like a stimulating image, then it becomes much more easy to remember what you're talking about, learn something new, and also for it to grab your attention. So I think that's like a really big difference between having digitals and actual informatives. Yeah, I, I think it's easier to be unique with a digital than it is with an informative for sure. Yeah. So with digitals, would you say it requires like a advanced PowerPoint uh, knowledge in order to actually do well? I know that you brought up how you don't have to have outstanding slides, but would you say that you need to learn a little bit about PowerPoint or even have an extensive uh, knowledge about how to operate within PowerPoint? I would say to a certain extent, you you definitely need to do your research on PowerPoint, maybe get someone who's more experienced to help you and just get familiar with it. Because the more you know about PowerPoint, if you're using PowerPoint or whatever you're using, but the, I use PowerPoint. So the more you know about PowerPoint, the easier it's going to be to come up with ideas, I think is the main thing that people overlook with actually getting to know the technology is a lot of times creativity can be sourced from what opportunities are actually available. So when you know more about what you can do, with uh, the platform, whatever you use. So with PowerPoint, when you know more about what you can do, you can start having more creative ideas about you know what, what you can create with slides. So I think it's really important, uh, pretty crucial to have an understanding of the technology itself. Yeah, and that comes with like the tools that you have available towards you. Um, it could be like an example of you wanna draw a painting, but you only have one color. Well, if you knew that you had other colors available, then you would be much more uh, creative in the art that you produce. So those colors may be there. You just don't know how to use them. So that's why it's important to actually learn how to use those colors to reach the fullest extent of your creativity. Exactly. So with video, because I know that that's a feature that you can have in digital presentations, uh, should people utilize video in their presentations? Definitely. I absolutely think you should. Um, we're given like 30 seconds of moving video or sound. And I think you don't have to use all of that time. It doesn't have to be like a 30 second video. You can do like a few different videos. Mine didn't, it didn't reach the full 30 seconds, I don't think. But I think it's important too, because usually you can find something that's pretty unique that stands out uh, if you use digital. I mean, if you use a video in digital. Yeah. Uh, would it be more, how do I say it? Like, it grabs your attention more and it helps you it helps your speech stand out compared to other competitors yeah it definitely because you can make it unique you could you could do something like i did where it was my own original video that i made and so obviously that's not going to be found anywhere else so that's instantly going to make you stand out compared to the guy who didn't have any videos at all it was just a bunch of pictures yeah so what would you say are like some skills that can be attained from digital presentations that cannot from other types of speeches so as far as skills i think honestly memorization 
although like all speeches require it, all prepared speeches, memorization is something that is definitely enhanced because you have to memorize your slides as well. You have to know what slide is coming and when to press that button to move the slide. I think a lot of people overlook that part of digital. It's one of the most challenging parts of digital is just knowing, okay, it's time to click my slide. I got to do this like perfect timing. And you have to know exactly what slide's coming next without being able to even see it because normally it's in like the corner of your eye. Um, so memorization is something that's enhanced as well as just multitasking in general because you're splitting your mind into the speech that you're giving, the hand motions, your facial expressions, as well as like what's, you know, that's found in normal platforms, but as well as the clicker and your slides being able to multitask to that degree. Yeah. So for you personally and like your speech writing experience with digitals, what would you say is like your hardest, uh, like technical difficulty, not technical difficulty, but your something that's technical when you're presenting your speech or when you're writing your speech that you had to overcome? What was like the hardest part about it for you? I think one of the hardest things is, well, first of all, just coming up with like interesting slides because it's easy to have an idea. And then once it's there, like, okay, that's not really that much. That's not that special. Uh, but another thing is honestly, like less words on the slides and more pictures. I struggled with that pretty bad. I always have, even with my speech, that one, I always have like a lot of words on the slide. And sometimes you get too caught up in creating a complex slide that you forget that the judges aren't going to want to be distracted by the slides. They should aid in your presentation, but the focus should still be on you as the speaker. And so you want to make sure there's not too many words or it's not too intricate or something that they have to pay too close attention to for too long because they'll be missing parts of your speech. So really just making sure your slides aren't distracting. Right, because slides are much more visual than they are for you to like actually read what they're saying since they have to right. balance between hearing what you're saying as well as reading the slides. So I can see how that definitely becomes uh, hard to balance over time. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is like something that makes a digital presentation uh, performer stand out from other digital presentation speakers in their room? Uh, so as with any speech, it's literally just the uniqueness, just how unique you can make it something different, something that's special about it. Uh, something that really makes it memorable. Um, you can do this through different things such as like comedic jokes within serious topics, like what I do, or I'm addressing serious risks about artificial intelligence, how it could be like detrimental to a civilization. But then I'm also like cracking jokes about how like, oh, that's comforting. You know, 36% of the researchers think AI is going to blow us up. <laughs> like, just definitely keeping a comedic flow makes you stand out because a lot of people forget to do that. Um, however, once you get higher up, obviously more people are going to be able to, you know, keep comedic stuff in their speeches. So you want to, you know, still stand out amongst other people who are standing out. Um, so honestly, like a theme, a unique theme to carry throughout, which I honestly did not have that much. I really didn't have a major theme. Um, and this could be through like, uh, the winner of 2022 as well as the winner of 2021 where they're both communicating with like a robot or a character throughout their speech and they referenced it like several times let's go back to our buddy whatever you know so just keeping something that the judges will be like when they're like looking at their ballot and they're like oh which speech was this oh right it was the one that talked to this guy or you know this was the one that had like the twist ending like mine so something that really stands out most of the time it is just going to be like a theme or a unique video like what I did that was the major thing I think with mine that made it stand out made it unique was I had like that twist ending at the end where I played the video 
And it's like, oh, everyone's going to remember that ending, even if they forget the rest of my entire speech. Yeah. So what would you say is something that you know, people who are like beginners in digitals that they lack? And what are some things that you would say, generally speaking, of like people who are starting out with digitals and presentations in general? What are they missing that you think could lead them to become much more advanced in their speeches? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I I think it has to do with just when you start out, you are sort of just like too involved with, I'm just going to make like a PowerPoint presentation. And it, it fails to make that distinguishing factor that we talked about earlier of PowerPoint presentation versus a digital presentation where the category needs to be a lot different. I think they get too caught up in just like, you know, making the points, here's my PowerPoint, instead of like, let me make this speech actually interesting. Let me make this like a really good informative or persuasive and then slap on slides to it as well. I think that's the the big thing is just really keeping it interesting and keeping it keeping it very just like, I don't know, very entertaining. I think all entertainment is often lost, even though it seems like digital would be the most easily entertaining one, which is easier to grasp entertainment. But I feel like it's often lost because people just automatically assume I'm going to have slides, they're going to be entertained. But it's not true. It can it can often be that it gets a little redundant. Yeah. Now, like for advanced people, maybe they've already mastered that. What's just like something that they could improve upon, like whether it be maybe of course this depends upon person to person but uh, for generally speaking what's something that after you've mastered the basics it's always something that you could work on um honestly just being able to work with the technology better just being able to think of creative ways to use the technology which i had a, a very hard time with even after this is my third year doing digital I had a very hard time with just thinking of ways that I can use the technology that it's interactive. Like I had like here and there, I would have like a quote and then I would have a word at the end of the quote that was like the most important thing that I wanted the judges to see. And I would just have it like the the word would just turn red. And like, it's, it's simple, but like it's memorable. Like they would remember, oh yeah, he edited that quote and it said powerful. Okay. So I remember powerful. So it's just being able to increase your expertise with the technology, being able to understand the technology is definitely crucial as well as honestly, as simple as just choosing a good like color scheme, something that's not like overwhelming, but something that's also not boring, finding that clear balance of a color scheme, because that's definitely important is to keep a, a consistent color theme. Right. Little things like that can over time make you stand out from other competitors even if they definitely have really good topics and really good speeches because uh, once it gets to a certain point it's hard to uh, judge someone if both of their content is good but if you succeed at the little things and the other person doesn't then chances are you'll stand out as a better competitor in the judges minds yeah so kind of in closing do you have like any general tips or maybe you would just like summarize some of the things that you've mentioned here of what people can do to a make their powerpoints excuse me digital presentations better um and just like their slides or their content just something general or just summarize what you've said sure yeah i can probably just give like a main summary because i feel like i've already given a lot of tips it's just yeah. like remember to write with a constant reminder of what you will have showing on the screen make sure you don't get lost in like the words and forget like 
oh, I, I'm showing this, I need to move to this slide or something. Again, because sometimes you could write a slide or you could write words and then you like have the slide idea and it's a like, great. And then you realize you're literally talking for like less than a second in what you just wrote and that a slide there would be like impossible because you're literally going to like tap to it and then tap away. <laughs> so just constantly thinking of the slides while you write is important. Um, just remember to use your imagination first, then use Google because you're going to think of really good ideas and then you can start Googling to find the actual images or create the images if you're good at that. I was not. But um, it's important to have a lot of interesting slides rather than just a few. If your speech is more, uh, if your speech is just better with a few, then, you know, that's okay. But I personally have found that it's better just to have a lot of different slides. Even if the judges, you know, forget some of them, it's just better to have things changing on the screen to keep their interest, keep them more interested and entertained. Um, animations or things moving on the screen to aid with what you're saying are definitely always helpful. Uh, this could be like images popping up, word colors, the colors of words changing. Um, relevant transitions is definitely something that I think is overlooked. So for like PowerPoint, um, the transitions are honestly, you can really make them specific towards what you're doing. So for example, in my speech, I brought up the picture of the Tower of Babel and then my transition for it was the shattering transition because the Tower of Babel is like, it, it's crumbled, um, is this is how it goes in the Bible. So you want to make sure that the transitions are relevant to what slide you're showing. It's not always possible, so don't be like stressing over that. But um, also just, again, make sure your slides are not distracting. Usually try to do less words and more pictures and choose a color scheme that's pleasant to look at, not overwhelming or boring. Yeah, well, that's some awesome tips there, and it'll definitely help other people and perhaps me if I decide to do a digital this year. So I'm just curious though, for the AI speech, did you end up actually using any of the AI's suggestions to like write your speech besides that little part where uh, you asked AI something? I did not. However, if you want to call it AI, what I did was in PowerPoint, it, it, the new version of it gives like the design ideas. Um, and I would often, I would often definitely check those out and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think of doing that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Make sure that using, to use your tools uh, to unlock your fullest creative uh, extent. Exactly. But anyways, thank you so much for joining me here, Spence. And uh, I learned a lot and hopefully whoever's listening learned too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would really appreciate it if you could rate or follow this podcast. It really does go a long way. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or just want to keep up to date, you can follow my Instagram at onpointpodcast underscore. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next one.